Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of my podcast. This is episode number 258. As usual, I'm recording from Los Angeles, California. It is the last day of April in the year 2019, April 30th, 2019. As always, I'm going to cover the biggest news in sports and give my sometimes unique, sometimes not unique opinion on everything going on. The biggest news, haven't done an episode for you guys in a few days, still doing my best uh, to make episodes daily. It's tough, but you know, I, I'm trying. Uh, today's episode, there's lots to cover. I'm not going to do the whole intro where I tell you the, um, you know, the whole thing of find my podcast here, find my podcast there. I'm going to get right into it. And we're starting with the NBA, the Golden State Warriors and Houston Rockets. They are in a very, very competitive, tight uh, series. The Rockets, they want nothing more. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they want to beat the Warriors in the second round more than they want to win the NBA championship itself. I mean, they have a grudge against the Warriors. And um, we're starting with the Rockets building a case against um, against the Warriors, essentially. So the Houston Rockets believe the Golden State Warriors have been benefiting from favorable officiating for multiple years, and they reportedly have the numbers to prove it. Sam Amick of The Athletic cited sources who said, quote, the Rockets have been making a data-driven case with the NBA for quite some time that these super team Warriors are getting a major officiating advantage in these heavy hitter matchups. Amick explained Houston sought out the play-by-play officiating reports for all seven of the games in the 2018 Western Conference Finals between the two teams after it lost the chance to play in the NBA Finals by a single win. These reports break down whether the league believes officials made the correct calls throughout the game in much the same way the last two-minute reports does for crunch time. It always comes out the next morning after. So, quote... The Rockets, according to the sources, had a double-digit point deficit in six of the seven games and a small edge in Game 2, Amick wrote. In all, sources say they were harmed to the tune of 93 points. Game 7 was the worst, the research showed, with the league-issued report indicating that they should have had 18 more points. More specifically, two of the 27 consecutive missed three-pointers that did did them in were ruled to have been missed foul calls. That uh, research-driven data... Set the backdrop for Game One of the second round series between the two squads, which Golden State won, which Golden State won, one hundred four to one hundred in a very very tight game, which I thought Houston should have won. Um, the Rockets were very quick to complain to officials Zach Zarba, Josh Tiven, and Courtney Kirkland. Chris Paul was ejected in the final seconds when he picked up his second technical. Head coach Mike D'Antoni was issued a technical, and James Harden made his frustrations known after the loss. General Manager Daryl Morey even hinted at the Rockets' behind-the-scenes work when it comes to the officials and the Warriors with a tweet directed at Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Uh, So Harden said, quote, I just want a fair chance. We all know what happened a couple of years back with Kawhi. Call the game the way it's supposed to be called and we'll live with the results. For those of you guys that don't remember or don't know, Kawhi Leonard suffered an injury in Game 1 of the 2017 Western Conference Finals as a member of the San Antonio Spurs when Golden State big man Zaza Pachulia undercut him on a long two-pointer. Kawhi landed on him without enough room to come down and missed the rest of the series, which Golden State eventually won, and they won the NBA championship that year as well. So, I, first of all, I want to say that I dislike Golden State, and that's that's an understatement. I have no respect for the way they're winning. They are very very talented. I have no problem with any of their players personally, uh, but Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins, their moves to Golden State, their decision to sign with the Golden State Warriors when that team was already absolutely stacked in both situations. Um, you know, I have no respect for that, for that decision. Um, 
So I don't like the Warriors, you know, even when they were playing the Clippers in the first round, I'm a Laker fan. So in almost any situation, I would not cheer for the Clippers, but I was rooting for the Clippers to upset the Warriors in that first round series. I just uh, want to see some new team win. I'm, I'm getting tired of the Warriors, as I'm sure everyone other than Warrior fans is as well. Sorry about the, my nose. Um, so with that said... You know, it's clear I don't really like the Warriors. But with the Rockets, I mean, this whole thing is ridiculous for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, I mean, both are pretty glaring. But a big one is that when the Rockets do this, when James Harden, Chris Paul, Mike D'Antoni, and Daryl Morey, uh, more so the, player and the, co- the players and the coaches and the GM, when they take their time to call out the officiating, first of all, they make an excuse as to why they're losing the series, why they lost the game. Instead of saying, yeah, I didn't, I didn't do that, Harden and Chris Paul had horrible nights. Um, they, they were both shooting very poorly. And uh, Stephen Curry had an off night. I believe he had something like 10 points and he had five fouls uh, early in the fourth quarter. Kevin Durant did go off. But when Stephen Curry is non-existent, when it's a 50-50 game like that, when it's a pick-em game and Houston can uh, you know, essentially steal home, home court advantage with... Uh, you know, with just a game one win to start off the series. And, um, you know, they, they don't. That's huge. Then all of a sudden, they're blaming the referees so that they're giving excuses as to why they couldn't win uh, instead of owning up to the owning up to a, a big reason as they just, uh, they just got outplayed, which I'm not sure if they did get outplayed. There were some questionable calls on both sides. But even if, it, even if to me, per, for me personally, even if by a landslide, Golden State is supposedly getting you know favorable calls and favorable officiating when it comes if if golden state plays anyone else i have a problem with it but if a golden state is playing houston and houston is claiming that golden state is getting all of these calls that is absolutely ridiculous chris paul and james harden are the flopping duo of the nba james harden shoots more free throws than anybody in the nba so when james harden comes out and says i just want a fair chance to win that is absolutely ridiculous he flops so much on his shots i love james harden as a player he's very fun to watch i hope the rockets win the series but all the stuff that the rockets are doing it makes them look weak and they're losing all their credibility and they decrease their own chances of winning so who is it really hurting with that said, with that rant aside, we are switching gears to the NFL. The NFL announced 47.5 million people tuned in on television over the three days of the 2019 draft, and the event itself brought in 600,000 fans. Ben Strauss of the Washington Post noted it's the highest rated and most watched draft in league history. Viewership increased by 5% over 2018. Which, which can in large part be attributed to ABC broadcasting the festivities. ABC, ESPN, and NFL Network each had concurrent broadcasts for all seven rounds for the first time ever. The ABC broadcast averaged 4.5 million viewers, an increase from 3.7 million who tuned, in, who tuned in on Fox in 2018. So this is huge. I mean, uh, yes, you can argue that anything NFL-related, whether it's the Pro Bowl or the Combine or the Draft or the preseason games, obviously the, the, the regular season games and the Super Bowl, anything NFL-related... Um, NFL shows will get will get coverage, will get people watching, will get viewership. It's the most popular sport in um, in the United States of America, so you know that's self explanatory. But sorry about this. Um, Marvel Marvel's new movie Avengers Endgame came, was was it playing in theaters, premiering in theaters at the same time as the NFL draft. So for the NFL draft to have this many viewers, for me, I personally I think that's very impressive. 
because Avengers Endgame is breaking every box office movie record there is to break. I mean, just after the first weekend, they they were some they made one point two billion dollars in revenue, which is unheard of. Um, so for that many people to be going to see that movie, I mean, all my friends are have already seen it. Everyone's talking about it. It's all over the internet. People are reacting to it. I mean, it's all over the place. Um, you know, for that to happen, it's pretty crazy. And also, you know, you, 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 I would think that Disney's having a blast because Disney owns Marvel, who made, you know, the Avengers, and they own ABC and ESPN, who was airing the NFL draft. So Disney was just covering it on all fronts throughout that weekend, probably making a ton of bank. So with that, we are switching gears to more NBA um the oklahoma city thunder have bowed out of the playoffs in the first round the past three seasons coincidence that it's been since kevin durant left leading to questions about the job security of head coach billy donovan but general manager sam presti quote anticipates donovan will be back on the job in the 2019-20 campaign according to royce young of espn.com i wouldn't expect anything to change presti said there's nobody that works harder than him Donovan has gone 199 and 120 as the team's coach, leading the team to the playoffs in all four of his seasons. But since Kevin Durant departed in three in free agency, the Thunder haven't won a playoff series, losing in five games to the Portland Trailblazers this year. So I don't know. I mean, I can't say I don't really know that much about Billy Donovan. I don't think he's I don't think he's a bad coach personally. I don't think he's a bad coach at all. He's I think he's I think he's average. I think uh, Oklahoma City's problem is just Russell Westbrook trying to do too much. Russell Westbrook being a little selfish. Russell Westbrook not really listening to anyone. Not uh, sh- not shooting less. Paul George taking up all the shots, especially when he's claiming. Which, when I say that he's claiming, I don't. I'm not necessarily implying that he's that he's uh, faking it. But you know, he seems to have a shoulder injury and he's taking thirty shots a game. Paul George and Russell Westbrook again are taking all the shots. They're missing most of their shots. They're they were hitting something like 30% of their shots. I mean, that's just not going to cut it against a cold Portland, Tra- Portland Trailblazers team that's led by Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and his cancer. By the way, they didn't even have Joseph Nurkic, who was a big part of uh, of their team this season. Damian Lillard absolutely went off. I have the utmost respect for Dame because in a small market like Portland, without other superstars, without other without, without him joining super teams or him forming super teams, he's getting it done. He beat... A very uh, a fairly stacked Oklahoma City Thunder team. Now he he's in the now they 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 have a very reasonable matchup with the Denver Nuggets. You know they could have been playing the Warriors or the Rockets in the second round, but they have to get through the Nuggets and they're in the Western Conference Finals. So good luck to the Trailblazers. Unfortunate for the Thunder. What I have been thinking about too is um you know we all know that the Oklahoma City Thunder had James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook on the same team at the same time. You know, three three MVPs, not not too long ago, uh, on the same team at the same time. I want to reiterate that. And Russell Westbrook is a hell of a player. I love watching him. He's very entertaining. He works very hard. It's clear. Uh, he values winning. He's also in a small market since Kevin Durant and James Harden left. Probably the smallest market in the NBA in Oklahoma City. But man. Is it possible that the Thunder got the worst out of the three? I mean, Kevin Durant is playing out of his mind right now, averaging over 40 points a game in the playoffs. James Harden, you know, if not for Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden is the unanimous MVP, back-to-back MVP, carrying the Houston Rockets. And Russell Westbrook is a hell of a player. I mean, this guy has been averaging a triple-double for three straight seasons now, 
And yet, it seems like the Thunder have been stuck with the worst out of the three. And just the fact that they had these three guys at the same team, on the same team at the same time, is unbelievable. What could have been? I mean, man, that would be something to watch. But then again, maybe maybe James Harden wouldn't wouldn't develop, would never develop into the guy he is now if he had to be the third option between behind uh, Westbrook and Durant. So with that, we are switching gears to more NBA. Kawhi Leonard and the Toronto Raptors will be the ones left standing between the Golden State Warriors and a three-peat to the NBA Finals if Las Vegas is to be believed. According to Caesars Palace, the Raptors are favored to win the Eastern Conference at plus 120, meaning you have to bet $100 to win 120. The Warriors are favored to win the Western Conference at minus 300, meaning you have to gamble 100 just to win $33.33 back. Uh, so the Warriors and Raptors are favor- favored to make it to the NBA Finals. Personally, uh, right now, my opinion might be a little skewed, might be a little different, but... What I had coming in was the Warriors and Bucks meeting in the NBA Finals. But right now, it could really be anyone. You could have the Rockets. Uh, I mean, honestly, the Warriors, with, with the addition of DeMarcus Cousins, and even though Kevin Durant is playing very well, I think they are looking as beatable as, they have, as, they've, as they've looked to be beatable in, since the dynasty started. I think their series with the Houston Rockets is going to be very tough. I still believe that the Warriors will will pretty much coast to the NBA Finals, but it's not as clear-cut. It's not much as, as much of a lock as it was in prior years, in my opinion. Uh, you know, in the, also, in the East, it's, uh, it's absolutely loaded. You have the Boston Celtics, who, who destroyed the Milwaukee Bucks, who were the best team in the NBA in Game 1 of their series. So you could have the Celtics or the Bucks advance. Then you have the 76ers and the Raptors. Who knows where that series is going? It's 1-1 going back to Philadelphia. Either one of those teams could advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. So when it comes to the East, I think either one of those four teams have a very legitimate chance of meeting the Warriors in the NBA Finals. I think the toughest matchup for the Warriors would be the Boston Celtics just because of how much talent they have and the veteran leader in Kyrie Irving. You know, he has that NBA Finals experience, uh, you know, sinking the Warriors in Game 7 of the 2016 NBA Finals. But as for the West as well, I mean, let's say... um, Let's say Portland and Denver, whoever wins that series, the, let's say the winner has a fairly easy series against the other team, and Golden State and Houston go seven, and Golden State advances. I wouldn't rule out you know Portland just being too much and too fast for for Golden State if Golden State has a grueling series against Houston. I mean that's the way they've looked uh, this season. I still think Golden State is favored personally right now. I would go with Golden State and Boston to play in the NBA Finals. That is not something I would want because as a Laker fan, I don't want either of those teams to win the NBA championship. But that's what I see happening right now. And coming in, I said Golden State and Milwaukee, but we'll just have to see. It's very, very interesting. Uh, So now transitioning to more basketball. Very unfortunate if you're a 76er fan. So Philadelphia 76er center Joel Embiid is taking drastic measures to make sure that he's healthy enough to play against the Toronto Raptors in the 2019 playoffs. Embiid told ESPN's Jackie McMullen he was going through six separate treatment uh, sessions daily on his left knee. The two-time All-Star added, his, added he sets his alarm for 5 a.m. Eastern to begin the regimen. Quote, normally sleep helps me a lot, but I might not. But I, right now sleep is secondary. I've got to take care of my body. I'll sleep later. In addition to the knee treatment, 76ers coach Brett Brown revealed Embiid received IV fluids before the team's Game 2 win over the Raptors. 
so this is, I mean, Embiid is getting six treatments a day. That is big. He's still in his early 20s. That shows, to me, that's a clear sign that he's not going to have as long of a career as some other guys, that he's going to decline a lot quicker than other guys. That's what it seems like to me. Um, but what I do respect is the dog in him, the, the fighting spirit inside him. You know, a lot of guys, maybe not in the playoffs, but a lot of guys would just fold. Um, you know, things happen. You figure, I still have a loaded team. I still have Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, and Jimmy Butler, and J.J. Redick. We'll be fine. They don't need me. But Embiid, he has that alpha dog mentality. He wants to win. He's the ultimate competitor. He's a very entertaining trash talker. I love watching him play. And uh, my respect goes out to him for making sure that he's healthy enough to play for the 76ers. So now switching gears to more NBA. Speaking of the Denver Nuggets and Portland Trailblazers, the Denver Nuggets won a second round game for the first time since 2009 on Monday. They now lead a series with Portland 1-0 following an eight-point victory in game one at the Pepsi Center. Portland may have been the more rested team after the Nuggets needed seven games to beat the San Antonio Spurs. But that did not stop the West's two seed from a holding serve at home, so to speak. It's a tennis reference. Um, you know, after the way Portland, the way Portland took care of Oklahoma City, the way Damian Lillard was playing, and the fact that it took, um, the fact that it took the Denver Nuggets seven games to beat the San Antonio Spurs, considering the fact that they were the two seed, uh, you know, in the season. I thought the Portland Trailblazers would have a fairly easy path to the Western Conference Finals, but Denver said not so fast. Portland was the more rested team. Perhaps that actually, you know, the rest actually goes both ways. Yes, Portland was more rested and more fresh, but Denver, they were just in a very, uh, very close series with the San Antonio Spurs going seven games. So they're still kind of amped up. They're, they still have that. They still have that fight in them. They still remember. Uh, the series with the Spurs, it was just more recent, and maybe that could have been an advantage. Overall, this should be a very interesting series. Two young teams going at it, and uh, Nikola Jokic is something special. So, um, so now we are gonna switch switch gears to one more basketball story. But this has not. This actually has to do with free agency, believe it or not. So after finding a new franchise cornerstone in Luka Doncic this past season, the Dallas Mavericks have big hopes for free agency this summer to boost their surrounding talent. According to Mark Stein of the New York Times, the Mavs are looking for, quote, shooters, athleticism, and veterans. Stein, Stein mentioned Chris Middleton and Kemba Walker as two of their top targets. Wow. How loaded would the Dallas Mavericks be if they were able to land Kemba Walker and Chris Middleton on top of a team that already features Luka Doncic and Chris Stapps Porzingis. Wow, that would be a loaded team. That would be a definite playoff team in the Western Conference. That would be a very fun team to watch. And, you know, I mean, I would like Kemba on the Lakers, but if not, Kemba on the Mavericks would be something cool, something fun to watch. Anyway, that is all we have for this episode of Sean's Sports Stop. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, I'll see you all in the next one. Peace, guys.